I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of Life Behind Bars is brought to you by Bacardi Reserva Ocho Rum. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good. How are you? I am looking forward to the holidays this year. Um, the, we're coming down to the the final few days of 2020, <laughs> thankfully. It is uh, the year that seemed like it would never end is finally ending. And what better way to end it than with some delicious cocktails? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to uh, talking about them and then drinking them. Yes. And um, when, you know, often my mind goes immediately when we talk about holiday cocktails to rum, dark rum. I mean, it's uh, sort of a go-to for me around this time of year for all the different rum drinks from, you know, the eggnogs and the hot toddies of the world to uh, hot buttered rum, obviously. I know that is a favorite of yours. Uh, it is tradition in in, uh, in my house. In order to really talk about rum drinks, uh, we're going to bring on in a minute our, our friend and half-full columnist, uh, award-winning Wayne Curtis, who's our resident rum expert. This will be fun. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll bring on Wayne right now. Welcome, Wayne. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for the invite. We always welcome an excuse to talk rum with you. Um, And drink it, frankly, but... uh, That would be much better if we could have done this in person. Uh, Hopefully in in 2021, we'll be able to do that. Uh, Actually gather maybe next December for for rum drinks uh, instead of just talking about them and then uh, having to make them later. But, uh, you know... Improve. (laughs) <laughs> well i mean i feel like since your book had a bottle of rum came out what it's now 15 years ago 15 years ago it's it the rum world has has changed so vastly um and you know we've really seen a, a real renaissance for rum drinking or you know in america and people you know using rum in you know many more ways than, than they used to uh, even you know 10 15 20 years ago are you saying 2021 is going to be rum's year? <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're our resident rum expert. So if you're going to say it, then, you know, who am I to argue with you? It's, it's the time of year. I say this annually and I have for the last 15 years. Next year, it's going to be rum's year. It's going to be amazing. 
it kind of depends on where you're coming from. You know, for some people, every year is rum's year. It's <laughs> true. It, for you, Wayne, it's definitely rum is rum is every year and every year is yep. rum. But I think for the I think you're right though. And and I think the bar also keeps getting like raised a little bit higher. Like what that requires. Like you, you know, if you told me 10 or 15 years ago that people could go into most bars and get like an old fashioned or a Manhattan made with rye. I wouldn't, I don't think I would have believed you, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, Mojito, you know, then was just becoming popular, you know, and, and mm-hmm. now we see all these other rum drinks in that, you know, so I think the bar is ever higher for it to be rums a year. Yeah. And I, I think it's also has the problem of being such a broad category. It's hard to get a handle on. And then there's these smaller Lilliputin uh, offshoots of rum, like the Claren, and cachaça oh, yeah. isn't quite so Lilliputin, or even like the Mexican rums uh, that are coming out that are have got sort of a smoky, interesting taste mm-hmm. to them. And I think they keep that. Then suddenly that becomes the it thing, just like uh, you know, sort of the mezcal to tequila. Something small will come and emerge <clears throat> and, and distract people. But rum itself is just such a big category. You know, you talk to somebody, you have to like narrow in that. Everyone's got a different perception of what rum is, so it's hard to know when rum takes off. You know, like you said, uh, there's just there's so many corners of the rum world that uh, haven't really been looked into uh, by uh, American and European bartenders and, and connoisseurs, and uh, some of that stuff is starting to make it to uh, to the global market because of the interest in rum, and that's really interesting. It is lots of corners, and none of them square. <laughs> and i would say that we're we're also getting a, a wider idea of how to drink rum right i mean so like from just a kind of summertime you know refresher you know the obviously the the mojito and the rum and coke are, are still widely popular i mean i think the rum and coke is is the most popular drink in the world but um and and, and is probably by quite a bit um but you know, you know, especially now, you know, in December, like you know, you know, Dave and I in a recent episode of, of Life Behind Bars, you know, Dave was talking about how he likes to make eggnog with rum, and you know, it's one of these funny things where you know, for so long, you know, I always thought of it as a you know purely a bourbon drink, but obviously you can use rum, like, and it mm-hmm. works really well in that, and I think that's helping to sort of push push rum, you know, uh, you know, it's sort of a year round drink too. It's super versatile. And again, it goes back to the fact there's so many different variations and, and taste profiles on it, which goes to the fact that it's made in so many different countries, each of which has its own sort of traditions and regulations. So you have these different tastes coming out. So you can use it in anything you can have. It. There's the perfect rum for an old fashioned or for an eggnog or for a Manhattan uh, that can substitute easily with a more traditional whiskey that would go in there so we would be remiss to talk about holiday rum drinks without without mentioning you know sort of the 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 granddaddy of them all the the hot buttered rum and and i know that uh, i've been i've been secretly wanting to have both of you on an episode so that you could talk about the two different talk. schools I, I all right debate uh yell where we're you know this is we're among Former friends, I guess now um, <laughs> soon to be <laughs> soon to be, but there there are there are you know for for our listeners there are two main schools of thought about um, how to make a hot buttered rum, 
And um, fortunately, or, or unfortunately, <laughs> Wayne and Dave subscribed to the two separate schools. So, I mean, I guess maybe we could go over briefly how you each think that a hot buttered rum should be made and why you like to make it that way. Dave, you start. All right. Uh, I make it the way I make it because my mom uh, made it that way when I was a kid. And uh, she made it that way because her mom made it that way. And that goes back all the way to the Massachusetts colony. Uh, my mom's people are uh, from Norway, Maine, which is inland and far from anything. And uh, in Norway, Maine, a hot buttered rum is rum with hot water, sugar, and butter, just a pat of butter on top, and period. Uh, if you can heat it up with a with a glowing hot fireplace poker, that is much better. And salt, salted, unsalted butter, doesn't matter. I like lightly salted butter in it, right. frankly. But, I, you know, that would probably brand me as a heretic up there because <laughs> salt's a luxury. <laughs> you know? Were your people so main that they were averse to any sort of spice? Or did you have, like, something in that magazine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, my mom never put spice on it, but I will uh, occasionally grate nutmeg on top if I'm feeling just, you know, like I, like I'm flouncing around in a frock or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so what the, the fireplace poker, the loggerhead is interesting. I've never had one with that. Does that help emulsify the butter and make it leave it less of an oil slick on the surface? No, you want the oil slick. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid you were going to say. It's, you know, I think it's there to, I think it's, I've said this before, I think it's there to lubricate your mustache. <laughs> well, I like how you so diplomatically put that jab in there, Wayne, just to like, you know, uh, it almost <laughs> seemed like you were asking for real advice and then it, you just dropped the hammer right at the end. Yeah, no, there's, there, there's no advice, you know, once, once you've succumbed to a life of luxury and decadence, I mean, <laughs> you, you really can't go back to the, to the. To the to the rock ribbed ways of your forefathers, unfortunately, <laughs> and uh, you know it's very hard to keep on the straight and narrow. Let's fast forward several hundred years from from Dave's um, forebears to to the the modern era. And Wayne, you you have I know we've talked about this before, but a slightly different preparation for the hot right. Rope. I I go with the batter style, and this I can trace back uh, in in my family to. Oh, a half a generation, maybe. Uh, <laughs> when I married Louise, she had a, a written recipe uh, tucked in the back of a cookbook that was just handwritten uh, on some browning yellow paper for this uh, hot buttered rum batter, which she would then make up uh, when the weather started getting cool, keep it in the freezer. Uh, she I was under the impression that it was a multi-generational thing that had been handed down to her family, but apparently I was mistaken. And it turned out it was some people she lived with in college who had it. And, and I'm not <laughs> sure where I'm not sure where that came from. They probably copied it out of a Trader Vic book or something. So they, they might well have. But I uh I've always really uh liked this one. It's because it does not leave the butter slick. I'm more, you know, as Dave Embury discredited. Somewhat discredited uh, cocktail yeah. writer, who well, uh, he had, he had, who, he had his uh, problems. Who wrote about it? He says the lump of butter is the final insult. It blends with hot rum just about as satisfactorily as warm olive oil blends with champagne. And oh. I'm of that school. Uh, I just don't like the I don't like the slick. Perhaps it's because I have no mustache that needs lubricating. Uh, <laughs> because it it just seems like it's just a 
an, an affront and that just reminds you with every sip how many calories you're actually actually downing uh whereas the uh, i mean that's, that's one, installation you're downing you know against the uh the temperatures of like negative 20 i understand it historically yeah it would have been i mean if i were out rowing a dory trying to bring in some herring off the coast of massachusetts or new hampshire back in in, in 1810 i probably would have really wanted a big slab of butter sitting on top of my drink to my hot yeah I, I, I would use it in a in a mug that was carved out of butter <laughs> that sounds reasonable but i think for the contemporary version the batter version I, I liken it more to it's sort of like a a liquid cake. It's got that it's got, it's got more spice in it. I make the batter with cinnamon, cloves, and nutmeg, uh, along with sugar and brown sugar, and then quite a bit of butter and quite a bit of vanilla ice cream, which I think doing that helps emulsify <laughs> the uh, Dave has has just fallen on the floor, but it's probably about eighteen hundred calories per mug or something like that. But yeah, it's so good. I'm reeling here, uh, you know. It just uh, <laughs> there's something genetic in me that, that, that just can't take that. I know. I, I think you know. Norway man trembling now. Yeah. Yeah. Nor, nor, Norway is is uh, the, the 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 huge ash trees are falling over. The uh, gazebo in the park in the middle of town has just collapsed. You could hear the <laughs> stoic outrage there. You know, a yeah. slight grimace has passed over their faces. It um, has a, just the slightest of grimaces. That's all. <laughs> that's all the emotion you'll ever get out of those people. For Wade, you're better. I know this can also be made ahead, right? I mean, like you could make a big tub of that and then just put it in the freezer, right? Yeah, that's that's what I, when I when I lived in Maine, as soon as we had the first cold day, I would just get all the stuff assembled and make it up, put a, yeah, put a quart of it in the in the freezer. And then you just bring it out to make it, you just take a scoop, you know, about the size of a walnut and put it in the mug, pour in an ounce and a half, two ounces of rum, and uh, then hot water right out of the tea kettle and stir it up till it's all emulsified and melted together a little nutmeg on top and uh bob's your uncle it's uh it's easy and great and it requires very little effort if you handed me one of those would i drink it of course i would drink it <laughs> uh, let's not let's not kid ourselves but i, I, let, I let me stick up a little bit for the for the traditional way mm-hmm. I, I make this for people fairly often and uh especially now that we've got uh, outdoor socializing oh, yeah. in December in New York. Uh, right. And uh, everybody likes it, I have to say. It sounds very, very rough and old-fashioned, but it's actually pretty delicious. You, gotta, you have to use a funky, rich, dark rum, of course. Uh, you have to pre-warm the mug. That's essential. So I I bring two thermoses out into the backyard, one full of boiling water uh, and uh, the other one full of boiling water. (laughs) (laughs) One I use to to, to warm the mugs and the other one is, is for the drinks. And so first I'll fill the mugs with boiling water dump it out uh, once they're warm put the put a spoonful of sugar in each put about an ounce of boiling water in it and stir it to dissolve the sugar then you add the rum then you add more hot water so that the water isn't all getting cold and then you float the uh, the butter on top and uh, how much butter uh it's i, I use a thin one slice stick. of a, off of a one stick, off of one a, stick in each a, cup a stick of butter no. Yeah, one stick per glass. No, <laughs> um, it, it, it's 
it's probably less than an eighth of a, an inch okay. off of a stick of butter for each. So it, it's pretty thin. It works fine. And it's, you know, it's uh, surprisingly tasty. Uh, you have to use, you know, a, a, a pretty highly flavored rum, though. And, you know, maybe a little nutmeg on top if you want. It sounds like in yours, the rum is really providing the, the flavor as opposed to mine, which it is, is. The, the cake flavoring, the, 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 the Caribbean spices that come through in, in mine. I would, I would not turn down one of yours if it were passed to me. And does yours for Wayne, for your for lack of a better term, your the rum ball of batter, does that dissolve like completely? Like is that yes. or yes. Yep. All right. So that and it does a lot, some of it does sort of rise up to the top and leave. I wouldn't call it a crust. I would call it a <laughs> I would call it a layer. Yeah, a nice that's not layer. helping your cause. Let's let's go. Uh, I would call it a residue. <laughs> oh, that's on that's on yours, I think. It's a residue. I think mine is oh, okay. a crust. No, that's mine's not. an oil slick. <laughs> I, as somebody who doesn't have a dog in this race, I have no family recipe for hot butter rum. I, I can say that that it is it is a very delicious drink, actually, and and it sounds, you know, I think sometimes you know you hear like, oh, this drink has like egg white, or you know, a flip has a whole egg, and 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 for people who who've never had like a drink with like a, an egg in it, 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 I think at first it takes a little getting used to, and same kind of idea where you're like uh, butter in, in a cocktail like but it, it's it's a delicious thing and, and when you really do think about you know these things were fortifying you know this was you'd been outside chopping wood you know and you know a whole cord of wood and you know you came in and you were you were cold and this was like a treat and it's rich and and, and warming you know by the fire and you want something delicious and it's sort of it the bigger picture makes it makes it make sense i think also, you know, people like uh, melted butter on their pancakes. So just right. think of it as a rum. A rum pancake? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's going to help. <laughs> yeah. keep, keep digging. Keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for, for Dave here. Why oh, do no. you think... No, this is not a ten, this is moving All beyond right. hot butter. All right, let's move it on. Can, moving on. We we'll can agree on. to we can agree to move on and just dis, dis, we don't really disagree. We overlap in our, yeah, our right. disagreements. But um why do you think rum is the one spirit that's so associated with holidays? Why aren't they grabbing for whiskey? Why what where did where did the rum's rum's association come? I think you know, holidays are times when we reach out for tradition and uh especially in America, you know, rum is just so deep in the like sort of lizard brain of America. Uh, it goes back to the beginning. Uh, so I think that's a part of it. And the other part is it, it tastes like holiday sweets, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. It's rich. It's sugary uh, in, in spices. I think a lot of it has to do with, it tastes old fashioned, just like a Christmas tree looks old fashioned. Yeah. And I wonder if there's some association because so many of the spices that we use in some of these Christmas rum drinks, like the cloves, nutmeg, and cinnamon, yeah. are, mm -hmm. are associated with rum. They're associated with the, the cakes and the pastries that people often make around the holidays. So I wonder if there's just a connection there as well but i was yeah you, you beat I think me to you're the, right yeah you beat me to the punch i think there's so many in so many traditional baked goods that some no longer that popular but rum was a real seasoning accent right i mean you have you know obviously mm -hmm. rum balls 
you know, you, you see them these days, but like there was a point where rum balls were incredibly popular and people, you know, would make them every year and, you know, they, you know, families had different recipes and you could buy them and, you know, you have different cakes that are then are also like doused in rum, you know, and in Italian baking you know, or Italian American baking and, and, and French baking even sometimes. I mean, so there's, you know, rum shows up over and over again. You're right. And, and pastries and cake and stuff. So, uh, and, and around the holidays. So there's, a, there's also molasses, you know, which is used right. in like gingerbread. Right. And uh, in, in the 17th century, even before distillers in the Caribbean had learned to uh, put molasses in with the skimmings uh, from the uh, sugar kettles that they had started making rum with. So even before they were using molasses in their rum formula, molasses was being exported to Europe to be used in spice breads. Mm. And so, I mean, those are really old holiday t- yeah. flavors, you know, that, that idea of molasses uh, brings in rum. And there, there's, there's just so much overlap between molasses and spice and sugar and spice and uh, holidays. Uh, and, you know, having alcohol doesn't hurt either. So. And I think the holidays are all about like, you know, richness, you know, and, 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 and you want to eat and drink things that are decadent and joyful and, you know, and, and rum has that depth of flavor. Not everything does. And, you know, you, you get that from, from a lot of these drinks and also desserts. And that's why it's not unusual, you know, to add things like butter or cream mm-hmm. like for eggnog or eggs where it is you know it's it's not it's not your everyday drink that you're having during the holidays right it's not you know a rum and coke it's not a vodka soda i mean this is something that's like it takes some effort to make and it and it's you know it's it's a there's a lot of wow factor when you when you you pull it out and you you whipped eggs or you've put a dollop of butter on and people see that so I think it's sort of like a presentation drink that's for like one yeah. or two times a year. It's the extra mile, you know, that that you don't get most of the mm-hmm. year. Although, you know, if uh, in holiday times, I'm as prone to uh, drink a dry gin martini as I am anything. <laughs> so the, wow. if I were Santa Claus, that's what I'd want waiting for me when I got down the chimney. Not another <laughs> damn eggnog. <laughs> Give me a martini. Can't somebody in this house make a martini? <laughs> Eggnog seems to be a good indicator of the, the power of tradition because it survived through every other drink fad. It just always comes yeah. back that month before Christmas. It survived through the, you know, the, the white wine spritzer phase, the light beer phase, the, mm-hmm. uh, every phase. It just, it's just been there, and I think that is just shows the power of tradition. People are willing to set aside their preferences just to be able to make something that their parents made and their grandparents made, um, and that it, it is different. Like you said, it's not like having a vodka soda. It's, it, there's, a taste, there's a taste memory associated with holidays and and it's and and i think you're right that the eggnog is also like is able to kind of mutate with each generation you know so like you know whether you know if the base goes from rum to whiskey or it goes from homemade to you know the grocery store kind i mean there's always some kind of new permutation that allows it to stick around where so many other drinks just sort of disappear because they they can't mutate, you know. They can't they can't change, and they and can't they, adapt to the times. Right, exactly. But or, I mean, in the 1940s, one of the big distilling companies at a national contest for eggnog 
Dale DeGroff's Uncle Angelo won with a bourbon eggnog. Bourbon eggnog was not really common then. It was, you know, mostly a rum drink. But uh, it's Mm. been pretty much a bourbon eggnog ever since. Until recently, we're starting to see rum come back. And uh, even things like uh, sherry and Madeira and, uh, you know, brandy. And some of some of the old flavors are starting to come back in eggnog, which is nice. I mean, but even there, there's not even like uh, traditional memory for a lot of it for a lot of people. It's yeah. just uh, pure, you know. Let's let's uncover the taste of the past that we didn't grow up with. I think that's kind of interesting. It and is. I think it's also interesting because you see in different eras, like rum and whiskey flip-flopping right like things like the ming julep starts out you know you know in jerry thomas's book who obviously dave you you wrote the book about jerry thomas but like you know the first you know he wrote the first cocktail book that that comes out and, and in it there are i think eight different recipes for juleps and and you know the first few it's rum and then a bunch of others and finally gets to yeah, whiskey, brandy right? very important in the julep right for sure and and then it's like you know the rum gets replaced you know you know at least in the modern era with with bourbon and, and whiskey and now we're seeing people kind of going back and rediscovering that you could make it with rum and the same thing i think with eggnog and hot toddy and you know some of these other drinks obviously you know we we've talked about this before in previous episodes but things like old fashions and manhattans you know bartenders are using dark rum for instead of whiskey so it's interesting that they kind of keep trading places and and it's Mm -hmm. this sort of act of like almost rediscovery when people are like oh my god like i can swap whiskey for rum or rum for whiskey (laughs) whatever the there is as wayne said earlier it's this amazing versatility Uh, i call it it's the whole ecosystem of booze and the key of sugarcane you know it's (laughs) it's every type there's everything from vodka to you know to to rot gut whiskey to uh, to brandy uh, a, any any spirit you can name. There's a version of rum that that kind of comes close to it in uh, terms of, of of weight and flavor profile and pungency, etc. So it, it it really is you you can put it in almost any kind of drink and come up with something delicious. Now that you are. Down in, in, in NOLA, your your summer, your your winter residence, I should say, instead of Maine. Um, what what will you be drinking this this holiday season, Wayne? Is there a rum drink? I like the revolver, which is the whiskey and, and coffee liqueur, and I've been making it with some darker rums. Oh. Uh, some orange bitters and a little and I've been using uh, brown sugar simple syrup on that one. It's not a traditional Christmas thing, but it, for me it's it's of course it's freezing down here now it's like like what 58 degrees oh, I, I, I can't even imagine oh, oh yeah wow. it's terrible i don't how know how people, how people survive this but um i've always i've always sort of been dismissive of, of brown sugar because it's sort of processed sugar this has been reverse engineered to be like raw sugar but it makes a really nice simple syrup for drinks like this it's got it can it can, it can. With you know regular white sugar, traditionally one part water, one part sugar, they just the sugar dissolves with brown sugar. Are you are you heating that up on the stove? I guess like to make the syrup or for yeah, I, I did yeah to make the brown sugar syrup. I did heat it up on the stove. I've also got a, a quart of uh, Crosby's molasses down here too. Oh, yeah, which it's difficult to work with in drinks. So sometimes 
I'll experiment with it, then say, oh, screw it, and then just take a couple tablespoons out of the garden and put it away. <laughs> and, and for the and for your brown sugar simple syrup, the same one to one ratio, brown sugar to water. Or? Actually, no, I did two to one in the last batch. That's that's got a nice viscosity and denseness to mm-hmm. it. Sugar, two parts. Because that, for whatever reason, seems to be less dense than white sugar when you mm-hmm. go one to one. So yeah. two to one works well with brown. Oh, I want to know what Dave is drinking. Gearing up to make a big batch of eggnog, so uh, that'll be good. You know, I've been sitting out in the backyard drinking hot toddies, uh, sometimes rum, sometimes scotch. Uh, you know, that butter trick, it works well with scotch, too. Nothing, you know, super, super fancy or weird. I, I've i been keeping it very simple right now. Yeah. Uh, it seems to fit with the times. Yeah, 2020 is a year of going back to basics. In honor of both of you, I will I will mix up hot buttered rum, perhaps both versions. Try both of them, um, not at the same time, but on uh, subsequent nights um, during this holiday season, plenty of uh, plenty of cold New York nights that uh, they'd be perfect for. But uh, thank you, Wayne, for uh, coming on. As always, happy holidays. Same to you. I might just make up a little thing of uh, of, of of Wayne's batter and put it in the freezer. I mean, not to put with rum, just to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might I might try your your version. perhaps tonight because it's a brisk night so it's good outdoors i'm in love this cheers dave and i encourage you to drink responsibly always planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.